0: Marco, Sean, you're always waiting. <laughs> milk, milk or milk or no milk.
1: I knew you were going to go. with that.
0: <laughs> we're eating Oreos. We're eating Oreos and chocolate chip and oatmeal raisin and I don't know. Do you do you dip in? How how, how about in milk? some
1: cantuccini with vin Santo? How about that? <laughs> Let's make it Italian. Let's make it that. They're still cookies. You know? They are. So yep. that's what we're talking about today. That's right.
0: They all shapes and sizes, uh, different uh, different pleasures from eating different different cookies. Um, I don't know what what analogy we can pull from that, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if you have a rotten cookie. But uh, let's just say <laughs> cookies drive the web uh, these days, and I'm not going to pretend to uh, to describe all the things that they do and why they're important and. What risk they bring to the business. That's why we have Pedro and Marco <laughs> to, to talk about uh, this topic with us, uh, cookies and the internet and, and compromises. And they've done some research. They're presenting that research at Black Hat. And I'm thrilled to have them on uh, as part of our chats on the road uh, as they join us uh, from San Diego, evidently. So uh, Pedro, Marco, thanks for, thanks for being on. Thank
2: you. Thank you for the invitation.
1: Absolutely, and we were joking even before we started recording about the fact that you are literally going to be on the road. You are already on the road from Europe to San Diego in California, and then you're gonna go to to Black Hat and the all other things that happen in Las Vegas during Hacker Summer Camp. And so you're kind of like taking our uh, our hint of chats on the road, and uh, we we are excited. We're excited to learn about what you're going to be talking about there, and actually, I think Sean was curious about what are you doing in San Diego to start with.
0: Yeah, well, let's start there, and then and then we'll hear. Yeah, well, so
2: so yeah. this year, uh, this week, we are here for the International Cybersecurity Challenge or the um, International Cyber Games uh, that are happening this year. is the second time that they happen. Last year, they happened in Athens, and the goal is to Gather young talents from uh, different regions around the world and they compete in a security competition in a CTF for today. So, today is the uh, preparation day, and the competitions is, uh, are tomorrow and uh, and Thursday, and then Friday, the award. So, we are really on our way to Vegas at some point on Saturday. We start our uh, you're
3: that the coach of Team Europe, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of the coaches from Team Europe, and Marco is one of the jury members. Um, so we uh, really on
0: the way to Vegas. Um, <laughs> stop and we, off we, to, to hack some folks and hack each other and, yeah, and okay. be judged in doing so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm definitely going to be
1: like, go team Europe. I'm with you guys.
2: There you go. Yeah. Well, let, Let's see.
3: We are, we'll do our best as all the others. Of course. Of I'm course. not supposed to root for anyone because I'm a <laughs> member of the jury. So, you know, right. Okay. okay. here. True.
0: Yeah, don't 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 say anything you regret, Marco. Um, I, I will say that uh, we love what uh, Jessica Gulick does with that uh, with that program. It's really cool. Uh, we we actually covered the event last year in Athens remotely, and and uh, I mean it, it's perfect for what we need these days to help understand how businesses can be compromised, how they can be attacked, how you protect them, and bring teams together to to simulate that and and help. Help the next generation uh, learn learn new things. And speaking of learning new things, you're going to present Black Hat, and we're going to get into that topic. But first, I want to know who Pedro and Marco are. We don't we know you're in San Diego, but we don't know who you are uh, outside of San Diego uh, while you're in Europe. So, Pedro, you're up.
2: Okay, so my name is Pedro. I'm an associate professor in the University of Lisbon. And uh, I had, I play CTFs. In fact, I'm a hacker by accident. And this folk is one of the uh, responsible <laughs> for doing this. So basically, I started playing CTFs when I was working with um, Ricardo Focardi, that uh, was a uh, Marco supervisor. And then I just got in love with. Uh, with CTFs and what was previously a mathematician, just became a, a computer scientist with interested in hacking and all this and teaching new generations. And yeah, and the work we are going to talk about today was something that was born while I while I do, did my sabbatical last year in uh, in Tiovin, uh, where Marco is now, so.
3: Yeah, so hi, I'm Marcus Cortina. I'm Italian, come from Venice, the actual island. Uh, but I'm a senior scientist at TuV now in Vienna so its just like a nice move like uh, from from Venice to Vienna I can't really complain so, like <laughs> two beautiful cities to be honest um, yeah so I started playing CTFs, so I'm like in this kind of like field uh, starting from like 2009 um, I'm the proud creator of the name for the Italian team macaroni that's like uh, my creation it's like super, something I'm super proud of. Uh, yeah and I like to do knowledge transfer and passion transfer like uh, you know uh, pushing forward the next generations uh, trying like to help them finding what they like as just like my passion that's why probably we're in academia right and we didn't move to the (laughs) private sector so yeah in terms of research uh, I mainly do web security that's my my focus I did a bit of Everything in the past, but yeah, uh, now mobile and, and web insecurity are my, my things. I
0: love it. And uh, I mean, let's be honest, the, the work that you're doing, the research, it's one thing to do that research, maybe even write about it, document it, but to actually take time to put a presentation together and, and connect with the community to, I presume, not just share your findings, but also talk about some of the processes that you that you went through to, to do that work, um, kind of teach the teacher, right, uh, that Marco and I often talk about. Um, so in, in the spirit of teaching uh, folks, let's not dive too deep straight away into what you're talking about in terms of the findings. Uh, let's kind of paint a broad stroke for folks who might not be familiar with cookies and their role in accessing the Internet and websites and taking actions uh, through these services, Um, and then we can get into how they can be abused perhaps. So who wants to paint a picture of what cookies are and and their role in in, uh, our life? Right. So let, so, um, let me yeah, just
2: please. start to say that in fact one of the things that we are putting the presentation for Black Hat is really we, we are putting the thought process that was in all this research. So the the the, the presentation is really how the research happened. And that's a yeah. really, really cool example. This is
3: this is also like a quite different from the paper because like yeah. the paper is a formal publication in which you go like through the background, like and you present things formally, right? But the presentation is more about the story. The story that like we went through like to do this research, so it doesn't really follow the structure of the white paper that we will attach to our presentation. But yeah, I think I think it's gonna be like more engaging this way. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about cookies. Um, so you know like the web runs uh, because of the HTTP protocol, and we like to say that the HTTP protocol is stateless. There's like no way like to preserve some state between one request and another. How do you maintain state? Uh, with cookies and cookies are like this little piece of like information that is attached between like one request and another. So like a cookie can represent uh, your username on a website uh, or can uh, can be an identifier that represents uh, the content of your basket uh, on an eShop. Okay, so you can navigate it through the website and then you maintain like uh, your, your basket uh, and the basket does not like disappear after you click on few links here and there so this is like what cookies are used for and they are mainly used for authentication so whenever you have a a username on a website and you log in by submitting your username and the password then you receive a cookie that uh, means that you are authenticated on that website uh, and you have an identity on that website Uh, and by keeping on like sending this cookie over and over at each single request that you maintain like your authenticated state with that site so that's like the picture about cookies what are they and it's, of course they are like, a fundamental piece uh, fundamental like component uh, of the web architecture because that's still like the main way to maintain state on connections
1: and that's a good story because yeah. people can understand how okay yeah. you know that if i do the things that i do online it's because of that if it, it makes my life much easier it's like having a i don't know a badge in the backstage of a concert allows you access. They know who you are and, and all of that. But then, there's the bad guys and and things can go wrong. So <laughs> let's go let's guys, go there.
3: The, the bad guys are also like the companies. I mean, cookies have been uh, abused yes. for uh, for ages to track uh, people online, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like a problem of this so-called like a third-party cookies they've been abused like to track uh, the the navigation of uh, of a user across like multiple websites uh, and then understand like uh, the the cross site uh, profile uh, of of this user which is like bad for privacy but here we are talking more about like security, not just about privacy, right?
2: Yeah. So, so here what we what we wanted to show, and as Marcos said, so the cookies are the fundamental identifier in the web. So, making sure that the integrity of the cookies preserved and that no one can somehow mess up with the identified we have or with the content we have, that's fundamental to preserve the integrity of the internet and integrity of the communication. So our work basically goes into how can cookies be messed up um, so that non-intended behaviors then become uh, possible. So that's kind of the the line that connects our whole story. So you're saying that cookies have weak integrity, right? (laughs) That's that's exactly that. That's the uh, the problem is the weak integrity of the cookies and um, how can we um, how can a malicious adversary uh, abuse this?
0: Yeah, and I th- I think uh, I-, I love the word integrity. It's one it's one of the attributes of of cyber that I think we we often miss out on, right? So let, let's talk about what what needs to have its integrity maintained. So clearly, the what represents that session or that person in that or doing that transaction the identity of that right is it's important that it has integrity but what about are there other things in the cookie are there chocolate chips in there that says this is how <laughs> this is how somebody behaves they, they typically look at things that are yellow over blue or or they they shop uh at this site over this other one, what, what's what's in there that uh, needs to have well, it, what's in it, and I guess what can be done with it. Those two things where integrity is
3: important. Yeah. Um, so like cookies are used like for multiple things. So we said like to maintain like your identity on a website, but also to pr- to pr- to uh, to bring like some protections uh, on the web against a certain classes of attacks. one of these classes of attacks is called uh, cross-site request forgery all right Uh, this is like the typical instance of the confused deputy problem uh, meaning that uh, let's say that you have an account on bank.com all right Uh, where you usually do like your financial transactions and there is an attacker that like brings you to visit uh, another website that is like uh, evil.com all right and then like from evil.com the attacker can uh, can perform through your browser a request towards bank.com doing a financial transaction to other people whom you don't know and like uh, you lose money like in this way, how does it work? It works because the cookie is still attached to this cross origin request, okay? And because the cookie is attached like to this cross origin request, then like this uh, attack called uh, CSRF or CSRF for someone else, takes place and is successful. So how do you prevent this uh, this vulnerability to take place? You have different ways. Uh, nowadays, like the, the to-go solution is to use like same-site cookies. Same-site cookies are great because they restrict the, the navigation within the same site. So like uh, a connection from uh, evil.com to bank.com will not attach the cookies. And so like the attack cannot work anymore, which is great. Okay. The problem is when you have a, the attacker in the same side of bank.com, which sounds like a pretty extreme, but in practice, this is really not the case. And it's like a very common scenario. So if the attacker controls, let's say like a subdomain of bank.com, I don't know, like
2: hr.hr.bank.com. HR, HR. HR yeah, yeah.
3: Sounds great. <laughs> HR.bank.com. Uh, then like uh, what can happen is that the, the integrity of cookies uh, and not just integrity, uh, but also like uh, cookies are attached automatically to all the requests that are like flowing uh, in the context of the same site, uh, no matter what is the attribute, uh, the value of the same site uh, uh, parameter for cookies. So this is like the thing, um, one of the uh, standard protections against uh, CSRF is called like a pattern that is called like double submit. And basically the idea is like very simple. You, you send a secret together with uh, a value in, uh, in your cookie. And if this secret is sent to the website uh, and this value matches the value of your cookie, uh, then like uh, the request is processed by the server and then uh, it's considered to be okay. Uh, the problem is that like uh, in the context of the same site, the attacker can mess with the integrity of the cookie, can modify it, uh, and then this protection collapses. This is a known problem. Uh, It's not like something that we discovered like uh, in this this research. This is like something known like for ages already. We brought like this attacks further.
2: Yeah, so the thing is that uh, as an alternative uh, that was secure against the uh, um, subdomain, um, controlling the subdomain, there was another protection um, that is called the synchronized token pattern who that was had uh, the purpose of solving this issue, uh, and basically what we found out is that um, using the synchronized synchronizer token pattern from a subdomain, uh, we can also exploit it in case when there are some flaws in the logic of the validation and of the management of the of the tokens. And so basically our research is uh, is about that, is how can, so we present the, the, the solution that was known to be vulnerable, uh, but then how can you take the one that is supposed to be secure, and how can you uh, take that and show that that and one, break it. in some cases, it's <laughs> also insecure.
1: What I want to do is see cookies right now. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. I'm kind of scared because I don't know what I put in there. If it's the it real cookie or, or another cookie. <laughs> um, all right. What what I would like to do here, and I don't want you guys to give up everything that you're you're going to present. I think you already gave a pretty nice picture, although I'm sure Sean may have some some technical question after me, but I'd like to make a connection with the fact that you said that it's it's a known problem. I mean, we, we already know for a long time that there is some vulnerability, there is a way to... Uh, To use it in a nefarious way. And I'm wondering, even if the internet itself was born on trust, we never even thought about security was going to be a problem. And we were all living in this la la land of, you know, like LA here. Um, Why are things not moving so fast? And who is really controlling this? Because I I can see that the companies, the bad companies, or the one that can make a lot of money by exchanging this privacy information, they wanted to keep it maybe this way and maybe don't care so much about the inherent inherent risk of people abusing it. But at the same time, I mean, we're talking about risk for financial uh, health uh, data and, and all of that. So uh, my point is, where are we as a community, but also as a business community, not just the InfoSec community, the addressing this? Even from a legislation perspective. I mean, you guys come from Europe. I know we do things a little bit different between the U.S. and Europe. So an overview maybe on the effect of this on our society and the way we do business. Just,
2: I, I think that basically the The developers are not making these mistakes by uh, in purpose. So I think that uh, mm. honestly, a very great experience uh, reporting these vulnerabilities to the developers and coming up with solutions that would make their uh, systems better. And I think that it was a great positive on on the on the on our research. But the problem doesn't. Most of the problems we found, they derive from the fact that there are many technologies, many components in the web, that they are very well thought and very well tested in isolation. And when you start putting them together, then there is this corner case that does not match the corner case of the other case. And so basically, then there is this mesh of technologies. And that's where the that's probably is the root cause yeah. of the, the vulnerabilities we found. So we found issues that basically browsers and servers don't do the thing, don't think about the same object the same way, or two different libraries that don't think about the same object the same way. And so these this interaction, and we are always building up and putting new technologies and interacting, new putting new pieces in the puzzle. And so most of the vulnerabilities derived from that. Uh, I think that's kind of one of the takeovers of, the, of our research is that when you develop a mechanism, when you develop a standard for the web, all browsers will implement that, but there are other pieces in the game and basically all that has to be thought well. And in fact, Marco- Security
3: uh, is hard. I mean, that's the thing. And it doesn't involve like a single component in isolation, but it must like involve uh, everything that is used like in the web platform. As Pedro said, like uh, servers, clients, uh, standards, middlewares and everyone must uh, have a common understanding, must have like an agreement uh, on how the technology like must be implemented, must be used. Whenever there is a disagreement for like a a multiple uh, range of reasons, then like problems can arise. Um, That's like one thing. The other thing is uh, maintaining like backward compatibility. That is something that is cursing the web like since its uh, creation. The web like uh, was not just born without security, but it was like born for a completely different purpose. It was like a, a content distribution platform, right? Uh, this is like in '93. Now, like the web is what? Like it's an application distribution platform, or like it's like that place where everyone can run code on your machine because like websites are applications, like full-fledged applications. Now we have even uh, binaries running in the browser, like using uh, WebAssembly. So it's a crazy place. It is like a difficult like a to, to to keep secure because of like this uh, multiple moving parts all together, all at the same time developed by multiple parties. Um, yeah.
1: I think we should pause the internet, like AI <laughs> <I
0: suppose.
1: laughs> uh, just agree, let's write a letter, we we'll just pause it for like a few days. Let's, <laughs>
3: have, yeah.
0: uh, let's have a rewritten. Well, yeah,
3: you, you, you really, yeah, you really, really not right? Reboot. Uh, <laughs> every every time, like you try, like to change something, uh, you make like someone uh, unhappy. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. like a, a a very funny, a funny case, like in my opinion, like when Chrome, uh, like some time ago, like pretty recently, decided like to disable, like here, well, so decided like to disable the pop-up messages, like uh, the alert message. Uh, from a cross-site uh, iframe, which is something that, like should never happen in the real world, uh, but a lot of developers uh, became angry <laughs> at Chrome because like oh that you change like this behavior, but like that behavior is crazy, like it's super insecure. Uh, so yeah, it's really difficult like to fix the web because you you must like fix it in a way that preserves backward compatibility, but the problem is that backward compatibility. So you must like uh, ensure like functionalities and security at the same time. And we know that like these two things are pushing in different directions. So
0: tell me, I'd like to get into ops uh, stuff a bit here. So let's assume that the consumers have very little opportunity to protect themselves with, uh, in these cases. So it's really it's really on to the, the developers and the ops and then the business teams building this stuff to kind of get it right on their behalf. Um, so, with that assumption in mind, who, who? I'm not talking uh, policymakers or or grand uh, research organizations, but who, who within a company? Let's say which teams within a company should be looking at this? And given your points on how complex things are, um, picking up a new new open source library can change something. Uh, a Chromium update could change something. An extension could change something. Your app code could change something. How does a how does a company get a handle on this? And who who kind of leads that charge in your your opinion?
3: I, I think I, I can answer this. Like this is a very good and difficult question, um, but I have an idea how to solve that. So it's impossible for a company to keep track of everything. Like uh, I'm a I'm a researcher. I do like web security for many years and even for me it's uh, absolutely impossible to keep track of all the changes uh, in the web platform so if it is impossible for me it's also impossible for like a company unless like the company is google but like yeah it's like very very difficult it's a hard job so the thing that like you should do that you should do like in any case you take the threat model and you try to minimize the risk so you try to minimize like the factors uh, that could be used by attackers uh, to exploit uh, your company. In this case, what shall you like? Shall, shall a company do like uh, to try like to revise the security of the subdomains uh, to to eliminate like subdomains or, like a root causes or like subdomain takeover, for example, and prevent uh, network attackers uh, to mess uh, with your company. Uh, and in this case, like there is uh, this uh, security header that is called HSTS. Uh, if it is deployed with uh, a specific directive called uh, include subdomain, then you can, uh, let's say, sleep better. Uh, and I wouldn't say like forget <laughs> about network attacks, but yeah, it's a good thing to have. Um, and still, like ninety percent of websites out there do not implement uh, this security mechanism with this directive. For what concerns like subdomain takeover and like problems uh, of the confinement within the same site, uh, we had a paper like two years ago at USENIX. So like we we formally like faced the problem. We also did like some measurement. We managed like to exploit uh, more than one thousand five hundred subdomains of uh, high-profile websites like uh, Lenovo, CNN, uh, uh, many other like top-profile websites. So it's a it's a problem that is still out there. The solution is simple, but you need like, to revise the security of your DNS records uh, every week. Uh, otherwise, uh, you expose yourself to, to attackers that could abuse your subdomains, take over your application, like your relevant applications uh, in, the, um, uh, in the domain of uh, your, your website.
2: And another contribution of our work uh, is that we also uh, address the the web development framework. So basically, we also think that probably we should not put the security on the uh, shoulders of the programmer, but rather provide him um, with better, um, better platforms to develop their code, more secure platforms so that... A problem can be solved upstream and not for just for that particular developer, but be solved for all the developers. That's one of the uh, other contributions that we contacted.
3: Yeah, you're talking about like security by default, right? Yes, uh, but security by default is not always possible because then like uh, you you affect the compatibility and functionality. It's always like the same problem. Like uh, you have the the blanket that is like it's like pretty short, and <laughs> if you start like pulling from one side or another they like uh, something will be uh, yeah uncovered
0: <laughs> some some limb is exposed at some point <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully it's the hand with the cookie so i can eat it <laughs> um, so i'll i'll stop making jokes about cookies and uh, i'll i'll note i have to say it the, the cookie crumbles unveiling web session integrity vulnerabilities that's the name of your session it's on uh, wednesday august 9th 2:30 in uh, Islander FG, Uh, 30 solid minutes of unpacking and hearing hearing a story of of, uh, CSRF and CORF. Um, It's going to be a great session, no no question about it. And um, I'm thrilled you guys came on to to give us some insights into this and to to help tease it out and hopefully a bunch of folks join you and, and learn more about this.
2: Thank you very much thank thank you for having us it will be a really a presentation on how the research was done and we'll yep. share as much as we can from the experience because that i think it's also i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure Latiners.
3: that like uh, attendance will find something quite unexpected uh, <laughs> you know, like, how, how, how there it's a world uh it is shocking for us so it's gonna be shocking also for people attending the session Nice.
1: Yep. and nice. Well, Everybody loves free cookies, so. <laughs> <laughs> least, uh, well, I want to thank you so much. I, I want to wish you a, a good trip to Vegas. We'll publish this as, uh, as soon as possible. And uh, for everybody else, we will be keep covering. We have the whole week full of uh, conversation with people that are presenting to Black Hat. And uh, not only Black Hat, there's the entire... The entire hacker summer camp going around in Las Vegas anyway. So stay tuned everybody and uh subscribe, share, and uh keep eating cookies. But check the expiration date, maybe. <laughs> Thanks
0: guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.